Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 49th episode of Crime Over Wine, the only podcast with head-scratching true crime stories that are just better over a bottle of wine. I'm your host, Liam Collins, and y'all, like, listen, you know the drill already at this point, right? Like, I'm so excited to have my guest co-host back. You know them. You absolutely are obsessed with them, too, because I am. They are the ladies of, once again, like mother, like murder, Rachel Holloway and Heather Northcraft. Hello. Welcome back. Happy to be here, Liam. Thank you for having us back. And thank you for that amazing introduction. Because, oh. like, now I'm just, like, feeling myself. Uh, yes, feeling myself. As, <laughs> as you have to, right? Well, you know, obviously, it's it's the holiday season. This um, episode is coming out um, two days after Christmas. Um, by the way, um, I have to pause here and say, right, like, for those of you, because I know... She always listens on the first day that it pops up. Um, I have to say a big happy birthday to my mom today. Happy this episode birthday. is coming out on my on my mom's birthday, so I have to give her a huge shout out there. Um, and she's a huge crime over wine listener. Um, and if you listen to the end of the episode, you might get a little bit of a surprise from her. So Ooh. we'll see how that works out. But anyways, point being is it's the holidays. Rachel, Heather, and I needed a break, and so we're doing another episode swap here, just like we did over Thanksgiving, which went so well. Everyone was into it, and everyone loved it so much, and so part two, obviously, which really, what is this, like the... Six, seven, eight times. Yeah, we've we're together. actually we are actually a part of each other's podcast right. at this Basically. point. Like we are all three uh, together. So. Yes, yes, love that. Yeah. Well, and again, of course, you know, if you are living under a rock, don't know who Rachel and Heather are, right? Like you can go back all the way to episode twelve. Is the Darley Routier case on the mother on death row? We did a whole two part deep dive into that. Episode one was on my I was on crime over wine. Episode two, part two was on um like mother like murder then known as wine time um so we you know we we did the whole thing we we've been we've been there since it's together since the beginning of this, really of this little of this little thing at least it feels like it anyways oh. um and so with that being said you know we have you know some wine to drink you know and it's that way we can really like christen this episode it wouldn't be a, a crossover episode without some real good wine so let's get there yes. right so tell me about it. it tell me about it so this week we are drinking butter chardonnay it's rich bold and lush 
luscious. It brims with stone fruit and baked lemon notes and has a lovely long vanilla finish. Okay. Totally okay. different flavors than what I'm used to, um, but definitely Chardonnay-esque for sure. We're definitely talking about Chardonnay here for sure. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Yes. I hope it's not too buttery. I am not a you buttery know, fan. Uh, that's what I was going to say. And it's called butter. So Listen, you have to prepare yourself. When you're drinking Chardonnay, you have to prepare you're yourself right. for that kind of for Like, kind expect of the butter. Expect it. Know that it's going to be there and get through it together and, you know, appreciate it for what it is, right? We're here tr- for each other during this butter journey. We I sure like are. to find the Chardonnays that are not as buttery. And I Fair. happen – I actually, like – so, Kabsov, we know. Mm-hmm. Liam, you and I are one and the same in that area. <laughs> um, but I love Chardonnay if it doesn't have, like, the strongest buttery stuff. Yeah. Well, I do think with that being said, then we probably picked the wrong Chardonnay for <laughs> Rachel, um, considering that it's literally called Butter Chardonnay. Um, so we're just, we're just going to have to... Um, we're just gonna hold our hold our noses maybe a little bit here. Look, um, I'm gonna be drinking it and be happy. Maybe it's just you know what? Maybe it's a misnomer. Maybe <laughs> like this is gonna be all butt butter. Butter. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Cheers. try it out. Oh, uh, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've actually so I have had this wine. Oh, really? Actually, okay. a, a few times. Yes, I know. I've had this wine a few times. So when we had talked about this and, you know, Liam's like, oh, this is going to be the wine for the episode. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's still like, even though its name is butter, it still isn't one of the most buttery Chardonnays that I've had. Really? And yeah, I mean, it is buttery. It Liam's is like, buttery. It's pretty buttery. I know. I really want to know what the butteriest Chardonnay you've had. I've got to go then. into my book of uh, <laughs> my book of wines. <laughs> well, listen. So this wine, you know, we're talking about some lemon, some lemon notes. I mean, the lemon is strong here for sure. Um, but and I can't really tell if the butter or the the buttery flavors or the lemon is stronger. I'm feeling like the but like I'm getting more buttery than anything else. I feel like it starts with more of the lemon. But I feel like that finish is not vanilla. Yeah. That finish is butter. I don't get any. Yeah, yeah. I don't get butter. any vanilla. <laughs> I don't feel the vanilla. I get, I get vanilla esque. I get vanilla adjacent no. for sure. And I definitely, I, when you're talking about the lo- what the lovely long vanilla fi- finish, for sure, I'm getting that. I'm de- yeah. way in the back of the, way of the tongue, the back. all the way to the back, all the way down the throat for sure. Yep, on a hundred percent. So yeah, no, I would listen if you're like like some people really are into, and it's there's bold flavors in here a hundred percent like that's mm-hmm. definitely the best way to describe it um and you know people people love those big bold flavors those sweet you know those you know those sweet buttery you know that that's that's all they can drink you know what i mean and so and so there's a wine out there for everyone it clearly may not be for the three of us um it sounds like anyways um but if but if that if that's what you're if if that's if, if you like a chardonnay because you just cannot get enough of the buttery you know toasty kind of flavors we're, we found your wine for sure. Found it for you. Found it for you. There you go. That's yeah. kind of the wine <laughs> dropping the deets. Yes. So, 
And a book Listen, to come. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I ha- loved the last time around so much, right? Ugh, Where loved you it. guys um, talked to us about Carrie Farver. Yes. Um, one of the craziest cases I've ever, I've ever heard in my entire life. And so lot. now we're doing it again, right? So Rachel and Heather are taking the reins of this mm-hmm. case. Um, so that way they can just do the thing and I can sit back and relax. Got my blanket. I got my wine. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to play guest this week. Love so, it. So excited to see what you guys have to, um, brought to the table, brought to the crime vineyard this week. Yes. The floor is yours. Oh, I love that. Um, again, we are so happy to be here. This, it feels so good anytime we are here because we love it here. We love this vineyard. I will be a part of this forever. So Liam actually covered something similar, um, which we'll get to. But today we are going to be bringing you guys a story. We're going to tell you about a mother whom at any moment in time was referred to as one of the most unlucky people out there. We are going to be taking you down a journey that is as head scratching as it gets. So grab your glass, take a sip, and let's get to it. This is the case of Stacy Castor. Before we begin, Liam, do you know that name? Oh, I sure do. You I sure, sure do. do. I don't how know all the not? intimacies. Oh, how could I not? I don't right. know all the intimacies of the case. Um, and I know what case you're referring to. And right. you know how obsessed I am with the case that, that we covered yeah. over on Crime Over Wine. So I am ready. Um, so we'll we'll start with what we always do. A little, little bit of background on Stacy. So she was born on July 24th, 1967 in Clay, New York to Jerry Daniels and Judy Eaton. Her mom, Judy, she referred to Stacy as being a very curious kid and someone who was always asking questions about everything. I mean, there's a lot of kids who do do that. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you as a parent, I've run out of answers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when in high school, Stacy fell madly in love, as we do in high school, with her high school sweetheart, Michael Wallace. Okay, she knew that he was the one and that someday they'd get married, and that is exactly what happened. They got married in 1988, and they brought their first daughter, Ashley, into the world not too long after that, and then they had their second daughter, Bree, in 1991, okay? So, it is said in many articles that Stacy and Ashley, so Stacy and her firstborn, were inseparable and throughout life became, quote-unquote, best friends and then there was michael and brie who had a very special bond of their own i feel like you see that a lot firstborn daughter really latching on to mom um younger one maybe more so of a daddy's girl so although they had their daughters and their close bonds um you know it was said that michael did definitely favor brie over ashley so just keep that in mind a little Don't bit. Don't like that. <laughs> it's hard as a parent, right? You, whenever you ask parents, oh, who's your favorite? You know, it's it can be tough, but I feel like it changes also throughout, like, your parenthood yeah. so journey. So who's your favorite, Heather? 
<laughs> I'm just gonna take a big old glass Good. of my wine. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Okay. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't favor one kid over another, but you know, if you do, I doubt making it obvious would be a good thing to the other child. Um but it is said that it was pretty obvious for this family. Um one of the reasons that it was believed to be the case is that when Stacy had Ashley her and Michael were kind of in like a rough patch. Um, I mean, they, they're newlyweds. Um, you know, they were in kind of a, a rough area and they actually separated, which is why Stacy had such a good bond with Ashley because for a while it was just the two of them. And then when Stacy got pregnant with Bree, her second one, Michael became closer to her. So, it I mean, it kind of makes sense, um, you know, and, and I wouldn't say that this is, a super rare family dynamic. I think this is something that a lot of families see. Yeah. Well, so what kind of like, was it just like a like rough patch in terms of just like, they just weren't getting along or like, was there like, what were the problems? They actually did end up separating for a little bit. I think it was, you know, and I, I don't know every single detail, but you're young and you're in love. You you get together and life starts. And guess what? Life is not always that easy when you start getting into things. And so right. they actually ended up separating for a small amount of time. And I think it was one of those things where she ended up being pregnant. And that brought them back together at mm. that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. We see that happen. Yeah, we sure do. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse, people. Mm. Okay, so um, Stacy worked as an ambulance dispatcher during the day, and Michael worked as a mechanic at night. Um, so although getting married, starting that family, working to provide for the family, you know, everyone was kind of doing their thing, ideal situation. It didn't, you know, it didn't stay ideal forever. So in 1999, Stacy and Michael were at another kind of low point in their relationship. They were not happy, and... Um, they were not happy in their marriage. So Michael was known to drink and do some recreational drugs on occasion. Their work schedules, obviously, with her working days and him working nights, um, did not have them able to spend a lot of time together. And Stacy was just at her wit's end in the relationship. So she had told her friend that after the 1999 holiday season, she was going to file for divorce from Michael. But that day never came. And this is where the unlucky happenings started for her. Because uh-huh. early in 2000, Stacy called the cops because Michael was found dead in their home. Oh, listen, I talk about this so many times on Crime Over Wine, right? Like, I don't believe in lucky or unlucky situations mm. when it comes to murder investigations mm-hmm. or death investigations, missing persons investigations, any kind of crime. Frankly, I don't believe in those type of situations, period, right? Like, you either, either things happen because you made them happen or they didn't happen because you didn't make them happen. Like, mm-hmm. that, there's no... So I'm mm-hmm. real interested to see where this whole, like, unlucky happenings goes. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we're going to tell you, say, We're We're going to share that I would hope you. so. Otherwise, <laughs> shortest episode ever, right? We would never do that to the you. End. To the no, end. No, just kidding. The end. Man. 
Um, so at this time, you know, um, Michael, before his death, he had become um, very ill and his family and friends were very concerned for these recent seemingly random health issues. And they they kept telling him, like, go see a doctor, go see a doctor. But he never made it um, to that date. And he woke up um, that morning very, very ill again. Stacy, she went on with her day as normal. And Ashley was supposed to have been sitting on the couch with her dad and on this day and she noticed him making odd or weird faces towards her and then at one point he raised his arm in the air and then just let it fall to his side and Ashley was like this is Mm. mm." so she said um, later on that she had known he wasn't feeling well but she didn't think too much of it um, because he had been kind of going through a a little bit of illness Um, so she left to go pick her sister up from school but when she returned home the police and ambulance they were already at the house and their father died that day on the couch Um, Michael was only 38 years old when he passed away and the doctors let the family know that he had died from a heart attack. Oh man. Um, this is giving deja vu, right? Again, because like we all know where this is going, but like, you know, mm-hmm. not to spoil it too much for for listeners, right? Um, but like I feel comfortable saying, right, that we have seen those cases before where like the mm-hmm. illness just yes. comes out of out of left field mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they pass from a heart attack. Right. So it's everything's suspect. adding up. It's mm-hmm. very suspect. Mm-hmm. It's definitely it's it's seriously is like cookie cutter type situation. So it's yeah, we've we've all seen that episode of Forensic Files for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. OK, so Stacy and her daughters, they they kept, you know, they had to keep living their lives. Stacy was said to have put on a very unbothered face, which we see a lot of parents do in this situation. Sure. And she said that she had to be strong for her daughters. And then in 2003, Stacy Castor married again. And she married David Castor. Okay, so he was actually her boss at the air conditioning installation and repair company where she had started working as an office manager. So David Castor himself was a divorced man, and he had raised a son already with his previous wife. And as soon as he married Stacy, he made it very clear to her um, and her daughters, Ashley and Bree, that he wasn't interested in becoming a father figure for them in their lives. I hate that part. Sorry. Yeah, Liam, like I thought like head. your face was like, um, yeah, yeah. So wait, what does he want with Stacy then? I um, know. Package deal. Like you can't you cannot yeah. like that th- that's not how it is. Like th- that's just like bullshit. Like you can't just like, oh, I'm marrying you for you and not your family, especially yeah. because it's like these they're still young kids. It's not like mm-hmm. he's marrying a woman whose Where kids are grown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And also just I mean Obviously, we're going to get to Stacy and who she is as a person. But as a as a woman, like as a mom, like you never you never let someone come into your life and make that statement, make that blatantly known that this person is not here for your kids. That is something you absolutely say. Okay, well, you're not here for them. Guess what? Yeah, I am, and that red means you are gone. Exactly. Yeah, red flag well, parade. Yeah, and, for sure. And she didn't really seem to care that this is the way he felt about it, from what I'm gathering. Or I mean, she didn't I mean, care she enough not to them. marry the man. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah. Man. Okay. 
I mean, maybe and to to play devil's advocate and maybe do benefit of the doubt here. Maybe she thought like he thinks that because he, you know, went through a divorce with a kid and blah, blah, blah. Maybe once he comes into the family and he gets to know my girls, he'll change his mind. It's that whole like I can fix him. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But you just can't we'll play see. those kind of games, though, with no. like young girls. Like, you agreed. Can't. Like you like you had your time. Like now it's time to find somebody who is going to support you and the rest of your family. And I'm 100 percent Or do it on your own. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. Young girls, but also girls who just lost their father. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're bringing this new man into their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Who's doing that? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's saying he's not there for your kids, even though your kids are going through a super traumatic time? He's right. like, no, I'm not here for it. Like, it's yeah. pretty well, messed up. Screw that. Blech. Not like yeah. you, David. Agreed. Agreed. So it didn't take long, only two years, actually, into their marriage um, before problems started. Argument after argument. Shocker. Complete those red flags just all of a sudden, right? Right. Yeah. Um, So they had tons of arguments, and um, their relationship was very much so on the rocks. And a known argument that they continued to be having was that David, he wanted to celebrate their two-year anniversary, and he wanted to go on a two-week trip together. Um, But... But, of course, that didn't involve the girls. And Stacy told, um, mm-hmm, she told him that she couldn't just leave her daughters alone for that long. Um, so at this point in time, so what we're talking about is Ashley 17, Bree's only 14. So, no, like, you can't just up and leave your kids for two weeks. Um she did try to talk to David about bringing the girls along, you know, like, let's make it a family trip. But he was just like, no. Um of course. So if there wasn't rag pl- red flags before, just like, come on, girl. Come on, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like emphasizing here too, right? Because like, like, frankly, 17 and 14 is like not too young to be like left home alone, but certainly too young to be left home alone for two weeks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, one night. Um, you know, yeah. or like, Even you know, a week, frankly, yeah, like pushing it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very much pushing it very much. So. So um, the fighting did continue to the point where he apparently did start drinking a lot. And he actually at one point told them to get out, oh. which yeah. mm. yikes. Mm. Yeah. And he um, at that point, he locked himself in the bedroom. OK, so Stacy said she would go up to the door put her ear against it to make sure that, you know, he was in there, he was breathing, he was moving around. What? Yeah, and then she would just be like, okay, I guess he's fine, and then leave again. Wait, but so so does he have, like, a history of, like, suicidal tendencies or, like, mental illness or something that, like... Hold that thought. We are going to talk about that. Hold that thought. We are going to talk about that. So um, after the weekend, um, Stacey, she she went to work on Monday morning. um, But, you know, remember her and David worked together. He was her boss. He never Mm. ended up showing up for work. Um, So she ended up calling the cops for them to go and do a welfare check on David, which I find. I mean, the, the weird thing is, it's like. Okay, your coworker, your boss goes missing. You asked to do a welfare check, but then like you live there. Yeah, that is your that's your husband. You go home and do yeah, a welfare yeah, yeah. check. True, 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 true. Yeah, you don't need help getting into the house. Do it yourself. No, yeah. it's your house. So true. Um, yeah, but um, when the authorities did, they arrive at the bedroom door. It was locked, and they kicked it in, and they saw David laying dead on the bed. Oh gosh. Okay. 
so do they know how he died? What, what did they say about him? Hold that thought. We will get there. <laughs> okay, great. I'm putting on a Liam hat. So um, supposedly Stacy was, you know, inconsolable at this time. And when they spoke to her, she mentioned how they were fighting about everything, including the trips and how he, you know, he couldn't stand the daughters and that it looks to her as if he might have committed suicide. So according to Stacy, her suspicion is that he committed committed suicide. She said that his dad had recently passed away and it, he was taking it very hard and he had seemed different in the recent days. What? Wait, hold on. Okay. Now, so did the so did did the father actually die recently? Yes. Like okay, that was a yes. real story. Okay, yeah. cuz that cuz that to me is even a little bit more odd though because why are you talking about like going on this big extravagant trip when like your father had just yeah. passed like yeah. you okay. Yeah, some things aren't adding up, right? Some things aren't adding up. Yeah. So, um with that said, they did do a detailed investigation of the scene, right? And they said that they did see David laying on the bed, that there was vomit around him and around the room, that they um, took note of different cups all around the room with different liquids in them, lots of an- alcohol bottles, and an antifreeze bottle at the end of the bed. Oh, gosh. Mm. Antifreeze in the bedroom. Never a good sign. Not where that belongs. (laughs) Yeah. So they noticed that one of the cups also had a bright green liquid in it, and they believed that was antifreeze as well. Okay, well, so, like, going back to, again, so now we're at the point, like, all my listeners remember very, very well Julia Lynn Turner, right? And so that's episode 24 um, of um, of this podcast, right? And so if you remember from that case, they found all sorts of green liquid and green crystals and all that. That stuff inside of Julia Lynn Turner's ex-husband's and her ex-boyfriend's body after they had died. So evidently, you know, that's that's where we're going. Right. I'm, yes. Is what I'm so when we right. kept oh, right. yeah, when we kept referencing the other case and when we were talking about the fact that yeah, it was like reveals. one of your cases was giving me Stacey Caster vibes, that is the case I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very similar. Very, very similar. For sure. For sure. So um so they you know they they started searching through the home and they did actually find a turkey baster in the trash can of the kitchen, which they noticed had droplets of antifreeze and alcohol on it so turkey baster is that's weird right that's crazy yeah so the coroner he reports that david caster's death he he agrees he says it was a suicide and he said it was by self-administered lethal dose of antifreeze self-administered yeah wait what made them come up with that like automatically suicide see like and and that's why i was asking about like does he have a history of mental illness like what like where is this all coming from so for me the way i see this is like the only reason that you may think like it was self-administered and maybe it was something he was doing for for himself okay there there was obviously like evidence that he had gone on a bit of a binger in his bedroom he had been drinking Okay, but like that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to drink antifreeze. The only other thing that I feel like is it's all based on Stacy's comment that he was going through a rough time, right? And that he seemed different. But why would you, but if you're going to do that to yourself, though, you're certainly not going to 
I'm assuming that the turkey baster was used to inject it into food, right? And so, like, you're not going to do it that way. You're just going to drink the thing yeah. if, you're, if that's where you're going to go. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where, like, just looking at it before we even obviously get into more of the detail, how does it make sense that it was self-administered with a turkey baster, right? It doesn't – It those are kind of contradictory no. pieces of oh, evidence, right? Yeah, right. And well, unless you, like, use it to, like, insert it. And that's when you said food, my thought, how I take it is you're putting that as far down as possible to just. Yeah, true. I guess I could see that if you want to like bypass your like your gag reflex and your tongue and so you don't have to taste it. But doesn't antifreeze or am I thinking of a different one? Doesn't antifreeze actually have like a sweet smell and like a sweet taste? No, no, you're right. No, we talked about that in Julia Lynn Turner about how um, like one of the reasons that they think that that she was able to get away with it was because um, she put it in jello allegedly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so and so therefore it just kind of like blended right in. Right. But I but I would still imagine I don't know again never tasted antifreeze or smelled it or anything like that but I would still imagine it's probably a pretty poignant yeah still chemically esque yeah for sure for sure for sure it's gotta be yeah yeah it's gotta be totally i mean it's chemical you think it would taste like chemicals right right exactly man so i think we need to we need to pause and and get and refill our glasses i think probably refill your glass because we are about to get heavier let's do that we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Crime Over Wine is sponsored by BetterHelp. As someone who's used therapy for years, I know that finding a therapist can sometimes be a stress on its own, juggling your full-time job, your family, your friends, your podcast, and trying to find the right therapist on top of that can almost feel impossible. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp matches you with a therapist that works for you on your terms. It's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to one of 33,000 licensed professional therapists in as little as a few days. And because finding a new therapist is a lot like finding a new bottle of wine, if you don't jive with your therapist, you can easily switch to a new one at no additional cost. You can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com slash crime over wine. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crime over wine for 10% off your first month. Join over 4 million people who decided to get help and get happy with BetterHelp. All right. Um, so we were just talking about buttery, lemony. I am getting a lot less lemony in this in this glass of wine. Yeah. For sure. Um, but still v- pretty strong buttery flavors and buttery texture too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at it, you can totally see that mm-hmm. buttery. I think I was happy at the beginning because I was like, okay, I can really taste that lemon. And as long as I keep with that lemon and the butter mm-hmm. doesn't get any stronger, I will yeah. be okay. But yeah. We're that, really hating on the no. buttery flavors. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <was> butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's so true. Well, and I would also be, because I'm looking at it and the, the wine itself is pretty yellow right it's yeah a, it's a pretty right. strong yellow um uh color and so i feel like i need to do like a whole episode where i really kind of like do, like 
like dissect like what all the colors really mean like how dark it is what that does that mean how light it is what does that mean that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah and it's been listen so we were supposed to record this episode what like a month ago yeah. um <laughs> yeah. and so this this bottle of wine has been sitting in my in my it fridge has for aged. like a month same. it like has fine, aged, same. i don't know I, it's wine. been taunting me for a long time <laughs> same point Every time so. I open the fridge, I feel like it's staring at me. I know. It's staring right at me, <laughs> for sure. Um, I already drank that bottle, so Joel had to buy this one today. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so when you said, I've literally we drank, when you told us, oh, I've had this before, you literally meant, you like, recently, bottle. like, I've had this before. No, I mean, Love. no, I've I've had it before, like, in general. Like, I just know. But, As in last yeah, week. No, but before. every single week I have this buttery wine. Um... Uh, <laughs> I so when you guys were talking about it and you're talking about you know it being smooth I'm so against that I don't Mm. know why but I just don't like drinking a wine that just just slides Mm. down that's fair I want it to like coat my mouth and just be there you know and and this is well and that's what that's what a caps off is (laughs) for sure yeah um like bordeaux marlowe's like you're that's all you're well with that said i would like to say that is actually one of the things that i truly love about crime over wine because even though we know you love your your caps off um i love hearing about the different things and the exactly and I feel more adventurous and how many times I have shown up to like a, a wine store or to go get something and I open up crime <laughs> over wine Go and through. I do a little scroll and I go, yeah. oh, 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 okay, that. that's the well, one that's today. Well, that's what crime over wine is supposed you know? to be. You know, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is for me too. Yeah. So love that thank for you us. For that. Okay. Well, we're like really in the thick of this case, right? Like we're about to get into it, I'm imagining. So let's dive right back into that, I think. Yeah, you do that. So... I mean, you just left it off with the fact that, you know, David Castor was found dead in his bed. And they said that, you know, it's a suicide by hmm. antifreeze, right? So and we're not buying it, right? No, I, you know, and that's the thing is no one is like no one is buying this. And one of the people who is especially not buying this is David's ex-wife herself, right? And so this is the mother to their son. She comes forward and she tells the investigators that David would not take his life. Hmm. There's definitely no way, especially because of their son, whom David loved very much and was very close with. She said that there was just no way that he was going to do that, but at this point this is just what happened right and you know it's so hard because you hear her saying this you have you have two different um kind of like perspectives or or views right so stacy's talking about how much he was just against her daughters didn't want anything to do with the daughters mm-hmm. absolutely not a thing get out right and then here's his ex-wife who's like no this was his son this was his pride and joy right he would never ever do this to himself because of him yeah well and so and i have to say too because i kind of go like a little bit on on both sides here right because it's like at the same time like so this kind of goes to like two different crime over wine rules that Mm -hmm. like i live by right because like that like are very much so contradicting each other here anyways right because it's like it's 
it's the rule mm. one of like the people who are around you who who know you the best who are saying that this isn't like you like you like investigators should probably listen to that to a certain extent where it's like if there's no sign of of, of mental illness no sign of suicidal behavior then you probably should listen to 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 right. um, um david's ex-wife right. to like to say well, okay, something's not right here. But at the same time, then the other crime of rewind rule, right, uh, is, like, you don't know anybody 100%. You don't know anybody, even the people you're absolutely closest with. You just don't know those people and what they're going through and what's happening and, you know, what mm-hmm. they're doing when, you know, when you say goodbye for the night. Like, you just don't know. Um, and so it, maybe, maybe there's something weird happening that, like, right. you know, that, like, you know, is pushed him over the mm-hmm. edge right that like you know or you know or his his parents dying and maybe that was just the straw that broke the camel's back because of all the other things that are just you know piling up in his brain so i don't know i it's so it's point being is it really it, like i it's mm-hmm. it totters mm-hmm. right frankly and that's like that's such a good point because it's like stacy's saying one thing and she's the one that's actually been living with him right for the past couple of years so like if you you know like okay like maybe mm. maybe it makes sense that like she so quote unquote knows him better but then also when you raise a child for even however long with somebody like like he re- like you know his him and his ex-wife had a kid together he's very much you know He's a loving father. He was involved in his son's life. I think you definitely see you learn a lot about a person in that situation. You learn a lot about like who a person is deep down when you raise a kid with somebody, right? For better or for worse. So it's like you really do, like you said, there's two sides of right. this where yeah, it's like fair. two people who seemingly know him very well are having different stories. Yeah. No, good point. Yeah. We're gonna get into it though, because so Stacy at this point, she has lost two husbands and her daughters, Ashley and Bree, they lost their father, and now they lost their stepfather. And the investigators begin to think that either Stacy, like I said, like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, is either the most unlucky person, right? The most unlucky wife mm-hmm. losing her husband and then her, her, well, both husbands, right? Or something else is going on here. The detectives begin to look at David Caster's death as a possible homicide. Wait, what What makes them want to do that? Oh, you'll see. Yeah, I'm like, so So I, I do get into, I mean, we definitely get into why they start looking that way. But it, it's just how you how you say it in the, the way of like not believing in coincidences or, you know, that things are just certain ways. There's too many things that start pointing out. He didn't do this to himself, right? That's how they start looking at it. It's just interesting, right? Mm. Like, to your point, Liam, it's interesting. And Rachel okay. will obviously get into it. But it's the coroner said suicide, right? So, like, why now does the investigators decide, like, we're going to look at this? I mean, no, it truly is. It, it is unbelievable. It is It is a lot. But so they they do start looking into this. And, I mean, I'm glad because y- you definitely should in every situation that anyone starts questioning it, right? Like how how the ex-wife is like, no, he definitely wouldn't have done this. If they would have mm-hmm. just believed Stacy and was like, well, mm-hmm. she said it's a suicide, it's a suicide, yeah, he said it was a no, suicide, yeah. everything's done. Yet yeah, people, no good for them being skeptical. Exactly. Yeah. So they start looking yeah. into things. And, and it, you know, one of the things that it starts with is they check mm-hmm. for the DNA on the glasses and the turkey baster. 
They they wiretap Stacy's house and phones. Oh wow! They put, okay, they're not fucking around. No, they're yeah. not. So they put cameras at the grave sites, and when I say grave sites, I mean two. I am talking plural because where Stacy had her first husband, Michael Wallace buried she ended up having david Mm. castor buried right next to him so she had both of her husbands she had david castor and michael wallace buried together and she ended up leaving a site right in between the two of them for her for when she passed away okay um well but okay well so but devil's advocate here right like it's like maybe it was cheaper to buy them all together and put them right next to each other a buy one get one free i don't think this is happening in this case a buy two but but you know what i mean because because if you do it in bowl, i don't have enough wine for this conversation i'm stretching occur. here okay but like it shows but you know what i mean like i feel like that like if you if you do them all at once like like that could be a logical explanation of just like okay well i'm here you're right like people do that people 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 do that though people save people save grave sites you're right save the 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 tombstone because they are like eventually i'm gonna go and like like it's gonna happen to all of us right so like might as well do it now like i don't know like but so Listen, it's weird as shit, but I'm just saying that it's it's not like it's not unheard of. I feel like I don't I don't know that it's definitely not unheard of anymore. Like yeah, no, that's for sure. Yeah, no, no, that this is this is out of pocket a hundred ten percent, a hundred percent, a hundred ten percent. But I do want to know so so how much time had passed after David passed for them to declare the his case a homicide yeah i'm not sure because the way like the way that it all happens is you know so they find him and then they were told by the coroner that you know it was suicide i think they immediately didn't believe that especially seeing that turkey baster which we come back to eventually oh numerous times not over that turkey baster just yet um (laughs) i just there are certain (laughs) things i can no longer look at the same they all have a a crime case uh, attached to them that's fair so after they got the dna evidence that stacy's fingerprints were in fact on the items in the bedroom that david was drinking out of as well as the turkey baster obviously they became even more suspicious but she lives in the house, right? Her fingerprints are on everything. Mm. That's how I see it. You know, the the first time I heard about this, not knowing the outcome, you know, it's like, that's where my brain went. It's like, okay, she lives there. Like, yeah, my no handprints, duh. listen, yeah, yeah, I sure. unload the dishwasher. My fingerprints are on every single item. Um, For sure. So when it comes down to that, her fingerprints were not enough to point mm-hmm. blame. But it was enough for them to have suspicion of murder. And you know Mm. what? You know what they did next with the suspicion? Liam. They ended up exhuming her first Mm -hmm. husband. Mm -hmm. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yes, they sure did. literally just like Julia Lynn Turner. All of it. All of it. It is. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. So Michael Wallace's body, they, they exhumed his body to do an autopsy on him. When his toxicology report came back, Michael Wallace had also 
been killed by antifreeze. Oh, shoot. And this story just becomes that that much more intense. Listen, so this is the kind of, like, circumstantial evidence that matters, right? Because it's like, it's like if two of your husbands die by, like, like heart attacks, if two of your husbands die by cancer or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like, even if they both get murdered, but, like, in two different ways, you know? Like, it, that's, that's not super strong, but the Mm -hmm, fact that you, mm -hmm. that both of these situations are, like, copy-paste type sitch, type that is, like, such strong circumstantial evidence. Yes, it's super. Undeniable. Yeah, no, it's evidence. definitely super suspicious, right? Like, it makes yeah, me think of happen. Staircase when you're watching and you're like, okay, she, I mean, like, you're totally 50-50. Like, she totally could have fell. Like, it is it is what it is. But right. then you find out that that is not the first woman in his life who he was the last person to have seen her alive yep. and she is found at the bottom of some stairs. Like, it's just, it's it's suspect. It really makes you do, like, a double take for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and and also total side note, but like really makes me like wonder about like the like intelligence of some of these people, right? Because right. it's like if you you get away with it once, like okay, like you get away with it twice the exact same way, probably. Yeah, you know, like not try like they don't like try to mix it up. Like what are you doing? Right, exactly. But then but then I also think like maybe they thought like oh that was the perfect. Sure, it was perfect. perfect so why yeah. would I change anything? Yeah. yeah, I can see it both ways. So all of this is happening, right? Um, they're exhuming his body. They are running the toxicology reports. All of this is happening. And while this is happening, Stacy had actually ended up collecting David's will that had ended up being left entirely to her. And she tries to move forward with her daughters again since her and her daughters had been through a lot. It was one loss after another, right? And, you know, now the evidence is coming to surface this is coming forward that this may not be just an unlucky situation whatsoever um the investigators start looking at stacy could this actually be an unfortunate coincidence or is it something more either way stacy is a suspect yeah i mean she has to be right i mean like i mean that's like motive 101 of like okay do you stand to benefit financially from this person passing away Okay, well then you're pr- then at the very least you have to, we have to look into you to see if you if it, you know if you could have done this. Yes. But you know, but also I just have to say because like you were saying about how how she took the money, went to go out, you know, like support her daughters who've been through now one but not one but two traumatic situations of loss of a father figure of some shape or form. Even though David, you know, rest his soul, didn't really seem like the best father figure mm-hmm. in the world. But um, but well like, to them, but to them, yeah, yeah, to true to his own kids yeah, yeah no right. fair point fair point um but like point being is that like so now she takes the money and runs and like if she did actually do this right like like you like you didn't think about your kids in any way mm-hmm. shape or form right and that's what mm-hmm. always bugs me mm-hmm. about like about parents who commit murders allegedly is like were you not thinking about like your kids who mm-hmm. like n- not only like you're like you like two of your of, of of their fathers or father figures you know died under bizarre strange circumstances at super young formative ages but now they're also at the same formative age going to have to come to terms with the fact that their mother did it mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. you know allegedly mm-hmm. anyways again it just it it always blows my mind it's like why not think about the fact that like your kids at the very least regardless of the fact that you're taking another human life obviously that should be like 
the like the line right but like right, but yes. you think about the fact that your kids are going to have to grow up without you period mm-hmm. yeah you can hate someone more than anything right but you can also love someone more than anything mm-hmm. and which one is bigger right which one is greater right right exactly. and ultimately that's what it comes down to is is the fact that i'm not going to do this because i love them right. so much mm-hmm. and they deserve me and i need to be everything exactly. for them and when you push that aside, you are you're scum. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. you're literally like the epitome of evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's sad. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. so so sad. And we're just going to keep getting into even more of that sad. Oh, no. So, I know. But we shall move forward. You know, they're going through it, right? So, Stacy at this point, they they have exhumed Michael's body. They did the the autopsy. They they have answers with that. Um, they're looking into her. She knows this. She knows that she's a suspect. And this is hard for her. And it's obviously hard for the family. Anyone who knows her is is you just you're aware of what's going on, right? And and with her daughters, she's open. She's talking to them. And like we mentioned at the top of this episode, her and her, her firstborn, Ashley, they were very close and they still to this day were as close as could be. And they, they were home together one night. So after she, you know, they were looking into Stacy, um, Ashley had came over and, and they were home having drinks together and just being there for each other in this hard time. And, when the next morning after they they were hanging out Bree went into her sister's room to check on her there was Ashley on her bed unconscious mm. oh, Stacy no. ended up calling the cops immediately there was a very different detail this time around though unlike her father and unlike her stepfather when Bree and Stacy were in her room they found a note and this note was jaw-dropping. This note, she ends up giving it to the investigators who, when reading it, realized that what they were reading was not only a suicide note, but it was also a confession. What? My heart. Like, as I read that, like, my heart just, it it kills me. I always think about poor Brie. Because at this, at this point, she's still, like, fully oh God, in, like, yeah. her teen years. And I feel like I, like, I think about Brie because, A, we are about the same age. B, she is that younger sister. I am that younger. Like, you know, younger siblings unite. And so it's just, like, I think about how traumatic all of this has been for her up to this point. And then to walk into your sibling's room and find this. And then on top of that, and then you find a note. Like, talk about, like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Wait, so do they, how, how did she take her own life? Well, you just you just gotta wait a minute. I need you to hold that thought oh, because gosh. we okay. do, yeah, we we do get into that. But what I will tell you, so in this note, Ashley confesses that she couldn't bear the burden that she was living with and that she has to end it. She said that she had killed her father. He loved Bree more than he loved her. And treated her mother wrong. And then she ended up killing her stepfather because he never wanted anything to do with her. Wanted anything to do with either of them. 
She said she was happier when it was just them with Stacy. Mm. When they started accusing her mom, she couldn't take it anymore. She, you know, she said she had to make things right. So she ended up drinking. She ended up taking a lot of prescription pills, trying to end her own life. So that morning, right, Brie walks in. She finds Ashley. They end up rushing Ashley to the hospital with barely any time left. And they end up saving her life. Oh, thank God. So I want you guys to know that in the reports, um, they said that if even 15 minutes had gone by, Ashley wouldn't have made it. Oh, my God. She was that close. So when Ashley woke up, she was met with police questioning her suicide note. Could you imagine going through something like this and waking up and just all of these people in yeah, your face? Right. Oh, my heart for her. Mm, mm. Ashley is both of them. Ashley and Bree are 100 percent. I want to hug them and love them and just I wish nothing but mm. all of the positivity oh, and light seriously. and everything for them. Um which I will get into later as well. But so, like I said, when she woke up, she was met with the police. They were, they, they're there. They're questioning her. They're questioning the note, the pills she had taken. How could she murder her father, her stepfather? And in that moment, as she sits up in the hospital bed and looks at the police, the whole story changes. She told them she didn't write a suicide note. She did not take any pills and she absolutely did not murder either of her fathers. Oh, shit. Oh, shit is right. I mean, oh, shit is yeah. right. No, yeah. Well, because I would imagine that this is complicated to hear, right? Unless you're, like, really side-eyeing this note at this point, which I kind of am, right? Obviously. But I would imagine, though, that, like, somebody who clearly or potentially, allegedly, has suicidal tendencies, if that's the story we're going with here, right? Like, maybe isn't the most reliable at this point. True. Like, after, and especially, like, if you're, like, I'm sure you're on all, like, coming, coming off of all this situation. Like, right. you're still in the hospital. You're coming, like, you're coming to here. And she makes this kind of claim, like, I'm sure it's potentially very hard to believe, at least initially, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, there's, obvi- there's a lot of evidence in general about you know people in the aftermath of a suicide attempt and just like the the you know what your what your brain and your body is going through so right. yeah like i mean definitely you could be um really like on the fence as to like what's the real story here yeah yeah well and like to be clear right like what would the motive even be to make that happen right because if you like if you're trying to benefit financially potential or i don't know maybe you're just a kid, right? So maybe you don't even know any better or yeah. know anything about that. Um, but like, if you want to benefit financially from, you know, from your parent, your dad being gone, then like, like that money's going to go right to Stacy right. anyway. So like, what, like that, you're not getting any, a dime of that unless your plan is to like go and go after your mom, mother. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird situation. I don't know. It's, it's unraveling, obviously, right? It is. It really is. And, uh, we're not even to the end of it. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, you know, she she's just baffled, boggled, like, what is going on? But she continues to tell the police about the days leading up to her hospital visit. And as Ashley is talking and giving all of the information to the police and investigators, 
Stacy is outside of Ashley's room demanding to be let in. Do not let her talk. Let me see her first. She needs me in there. Stacy was losing it. But why? What could Ashley say that Stacy didn't want her to? Any guesses? Well, I definitely have a guess or two yeah. also. But but Ashley's the older daughter. Am I right? Yes, she is. So, so at this time, she's either 18 or 19. Yeah. Um, so frankly, they don't have to do anything with Stacy. They definitely fucking don't. Yeah. And they definitely fucking didn't. Yeah. Ashley said that after the cops had told Stacy that they were looking into her for the murder of both of her husbands, she said she didn't want to be alone. And she ends up calling Ashley and asking her to come over after her college courses were done for the day. Ashley went over and 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 I just want to remind you, this is all happening, you know, Stacy at this point is is apparently sad. Could you imagine her her pretending to be sad and grieving and all of that and, and and thinking how can people be looking at her like I didn't do this right. and then your your daughters who you raised and who you're supposed to love and give everything to so of course they want to want to love you back and and give all of that support and be there for you as well right and it's like during this time when someone's at their lowest the daughter's trying to be there for her and so anyways Ashley ends up going over there after her college courses are done she arrives and her mom said that she wanted to drink with Ashley so they begin drinking and talking um Ashley didn't like the drinks that her mom was giving her but she just kept on pouring them and giving them to her anyways Ashley called it a night she woke up for school the next day and had a massive unusual hangover she managed to make it to school she managed to get through the entire day and once she was done with her school day, she got back home with her mom, where her mom was offering her drinks again. She told her mom that they didn't even taste good. She didn't want them, you know? And and she states this in many articles that Stacy, the way that Ashley explains it later, is that her mom tells her to just put the straw all the way back in the back of her throat and that she wouldn't taste it. Like, as if you suck it all the way back in your throat and you just try to drink from it, you wouldn't taste it well, as much. Well, again, we've talked about, because interestingly enough, we talked about this already on this podcast, um, about yeah. the turkey baster, about what, you know, what, how that would potentially right. get past your tongue and your gag yeah. reflex and stuff. So yeah. it seems like maybe my wild theory wasn't mm. all that wild. I mean, it would make sense. Who would know that? Someone who's done stuff like that before? Sure. Yeah, probably. Um, after drinking more... The next thing Ashley remembered was waking up in the hospital. If Bree hadn't found Ashley unconscious in her room at that very moment, doctors said that she probably wouldn't have made it. And with all of that said, she could have been Stacy's third victim. Her first husband, her second husband, and now her very own daughter. Get ready for that big test with study.com. Study.com offers learning materials and test prep, even LSAT study prep guides for all of my legal nerds listening. Unfortunately, there aren't any wine study guides, and believe me, I did check. Listeners can get 30% off their first three months of any subscription level using the promo code CRIMEOVERWINE. Again, that's promo code CRIMEOVERWINE, no spaces, for 30% off your first three months at study.com. Learn faster, stay motivated, study smarter with our sponsor, study.com.
for two years, they end up gathering all of the evidence against Stacy. And here is the truth of the matter. So all of those things, Liam, that we said, hold on, wait for it. We'll come back to it. Don't worry, we're coming. Good. I wrote them all down, so... I wasn't letting y'all off easy. I was going to say, please let me know if I don't. Um, But yeah, so for everyone else who's listening that has had the exact same questions as as Liam has, here they are. In early 2000, Stacey was mentally checked out of her marriage. But why get a divorce when she could kill her own husband and collect the life insurance? So she ended up adding antifreeze in his drinks. She wasn't sure of the right amount, so Michael Wallace had a very long health struggle while Stacy slowly poisoned him to death. Well, and it's also to a certain extent really like the perfect crime, right? Because I remember about the um well, almost perfect crime, right? Because um Julia Lynn Turner, same deal where it was like somebody was getting sick and sicker and sick like her husbands were getting sicker and sicker and sicker and everyone just assumed that it was whatever they whatever they had contracted and you know it was just one of those things that just you know illnesses kill you right, right? and so um that was that was situ- and right. that was situation that they had and cuz cuz those kind of situations happen all the time right where it's like some bizarre illness that like nobody really knows what the heck's going on doctors maybe weren't you know assumed this but so didn't test for this so, and so then they just passed right and so like that right like like doctors are human beings and so they're not entirely perfect and so those type of things happen and so to a certain extent it is kind of like like the almost perfect crime and i say almost perfect only because like we're talking about two women who i'm assuming anyways did not get away with it um and so so that that's 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 where my brain goes there it's just that's how this whole thing plays out is that you get really sick and then you're gone. And so it's, it's almost, it's like kind of like that perfect balance of like, okay, let me just like put in a, like a little bit here, then a little bit more and then a little well, bit more. I mean, Liam, you're definitely right. right. And a lot of that is exactly what we are talking about here. Um, so after her first husband, Michael, in 2005, Stacy was fed up with David and saw him as another dollar sign. She made the decision to kill again. After fighting and fighting and fighting, she forced David to drink alcohol mixed with antifreeze. And when it wasn't good enough, Stacy used a turkey baster to speed up the process by forcing the drinks down his throat. Oh, gosh. This murder was much faster than the first. The investigators did become suspicious of Stacy at this point. Were we dealing with a black widow? Was she just marrying and murdering for the financial gain? The answer is yes. She had David's will forged so that she could collect all of his life insurance because everything, Liam, everything in his will at the time was going to be left to his ex-wife and son. Yeah, say it. I can just see you holding on to everything that you need to hold on to. Oh, my God. Uh... Doesn't it make perfect sense, though? Doesn't it make perfect sense? Because the minute that they, like, it was known that he didn't want to be a father figure to the girls. It was known that he was still very much attached to his his son. Mm-hmm. So, like, when they see a will, and 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 they had only been married for a few years at this point, Yeah, and right? they're having so, like, problems. Yeah, yeah. And they're having problems. So, like, the minute you see a will and it's made out to her and not 
like his son, you would, I, I mean, I would immediately be suspicious yeah, just so from that, that fact alone, right? Yeah. So did he have a will at all, do you know? Or was it, or did she yeah. just make it from the oh, beginning? Yeah. So he, so he, she, yes. he had the will yep. and she changed it to make, okay, wow. Mm, 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 mm. Don't like that. Oh, let me give you some more that you won't like. They put cameras, like I mentioned earlier. I mentioned earlier that they put cameras at the gravesite. Um, of both husbands right. at their sites, right? Since they were together in hopes that Stacy would give a confession or somehow give herself up when visiting. But she never even visited their grave sites once. So Stacy, you know, I mean, that's a telling, I don't want to say it's a telling itself, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It's so hard. Yeah. It's I'm like, it's so hard to think about. Sure. Like, but yeah. But here's the thing. Maybe there's people who, you know, don't go visit very often. Maybe there's people who go visit every single day. I have a feeling if you have the thought yeah. process to put two people right next to each other, your plan is to be visiting them. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And that's that's my thought, too, is like you don't go through the trouble because that had to have been a freaking fight, uh, right? Like that had to have been a point of contention contingent right. between Stacy and the ex-wife and the son because every time the mm. son and ex-wife go to visit like if the son goes to visit his dad he doesn't like wouldn't he be like I'd prefer my dad be you know like, like you know what I mean so like you know that that had to have been a point of contention yeah. and so like mm. if she's specifically doing it and placing it to her convenience meaning it's next to her first husband yeah you would kind of think that like it's meant to be she did it for like to be used, not just to like, <laughs> yeah. Well, but also, like, listen, and maybe this makes me a bad person, but like, I don't think I've ever visited visited anyone at a grave, you See, know. But that that's, I think oh, that's why yeah, I was no, stressing so much on the fact that she had this thought to put them together in the first place because, uh, like, I know, I know people, right? Exactly, right. True, like, true. I if know it matters who, to you that much, don't yeah, yeah, visit. so true. Ever. Mm-hmm. I know people who visit every single time they go into that area. Yeah. Um, the investigator, he ends up asking, what did you just say? Like, what'd she just say? And Stacy said, she, <laughs> you know, she looks at him and she's like, the interview is over. <laughs> that was that. But before she left, so she says the interview's over, right? Because she just totally gave herself up. But before she left, as she was walking out of the room, Stacy saw her case folder and she saw a picture of the turkey baster. She looks at the investigator. She ends up asking what that picture was all about. And the detective said the interview was over. Remember, we will be talking with you shortly. So he was very done with her at that point. Okay. 2007, Stacy invited her daughter over. In a state of distress, being confronted as a suspect in the murder of her husband's, you know, she devised a plan to set up her own daughter by killing her and then leaving a suicide note next to Ashley's body, confessing that she was the one who poisoned and murdered both her father and stepfather, letting Stacy off. In the suicide note, she had said that she poisoned both of them using alcohol and antifree. If you remember, Stacy in her interrogation referred to antifreeze as antifree. And now in this 
Oh. Correct. Wait, she spelled in it this wrong? typed suicide note, antifree was mentioned four times. It's not a coincidence. Stacy, you know, she had invited her over. She crushed pain pills. She put them in the drinks that she was forcing her to drink. She typed up this suicide so note and she left it next to the body of her daughter leaving her to die. And I, I, I say that and I say leaving her. And guess what? Luckily, Ashley fucking lived. Okay? She fucking lived. And mm-hmm. living, she was able to set the record straight. On February 5th of 2009, Stacy Castor was arrested and charged with second-degree murder of David Castor and of attempted second-degree murder of her daughter, Ashley. In March, at her sentencing, Stacy was sentenced to two 25 years to life sentences for David and Ashley and a four-year sentence for forging David's will. You got to add that on. You got to add that on. A hundred percent. You do. So a total of 54 years to life in prison. I do not understand why she was not sentenced to life, but it, you know, it ultimately doesn't matter because Stacey ends up, she died in prison. Liam, she ends up having a heart attack Mm -hmm. in 2016. Man. There are no coincidences. No. <laughs> there are no coincidences. Well, listen, because, like, again, Julia Lynn Turner, again, this is, like, literally yeah. copy, almost copy and paste, except Julia Lynn Turner at least had the decency to not oh, try to kill her own kid, I suppose. So, like, point in her book. Um, but, like, the like same situation, right, where it was, like, they thought that she overdosed on, you know, or, you know, on medication in jail. Mm-hmm. Same thing, where it was, like, the yeah. irony here right. is not For lost sure. to anybody, right? It just makes me, I mean, I have it here where it's just, you know, karma, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, her first husband, oh, it's heart attack. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It wasn't. And it's sad to say, because I, I never, like, I never, ugh, I don't want to wish bad things on anyone, but, I mean, you died by a heart attack. And yeah. here we are. Okay, mm-hmm. I I'm gonna ruin your guys' night. <laughs> no, don't. Uh oh, you. So yeah, <laughs> okay. more, <laughs> more. Now, I know that this is going to wreck all of us, but I'm going to play part of Ashley's statement in court when her mother was found guilty. Yeah, the biggest question I ask is why? Why did she do these things? I know that's probably never going to be answered. There are so many things that she has ruined. She'll never be able to see Brie graduate. My father will never take me down the aisle. She'll never get to see her grandchildren. All those things she took away from me. She killed two people and tried to kill me and blame it on me and blame me for the other deaths. That bothers me so much. I had to pretend for a year that everything was okay, that nothing was bothering me, even though I was worried about the trial and worried whether the jury would believe me. I hate my mother for ruining so many people's lives. I don't even know why she did it. What gave her the right to play God with people? And I hate her for having me be the one that found my dad, just like her for having Bree found me. I never knew what hate was until now. Even though I do hate her, I still love her at the same time. 
that bothers me. It's so confusing. How can you hate someone and love them at the same time? I just wish that she would say sorry for everything she did, including all the lies. And though, and I, and though I feel bad for her today as she sits there by, all by herself, she's the one that did this to herself and nothing bothers her. After my mom is sentenced today, I'll go back to my loving home with people who care about me. She's not going to go home. And if she hadn't chose to do these things, she could be home with me and Bree. She would not have to worry about anything. I've cried enough tears about this, and I don't want to cry anymore. I just want it all to go away, but I know it will never go away. I have to live with this for the rest of my life. There are many. There are times when I get afraid, thinking my, I might turn out like her because she was good at one time. But I know I won't, and I, and I know I could never hurt my children like she did. I hate how she tried to make me look stupid in that note that she wrote. I've tried so hard to make something of myself. I have a 3.9 GPA, and still she tried to make me look stupid. But Mr. Fitzpatrick made her look stupid with her lies. I hate how she made people choose side in our family with other with our friends. Bree and I are children. People are supposed to stand up for us. But she's an adult, and that is the decision she made. I think about this at night, and I can't even imagine what's going through her head. All the things that she can't do. I had all these fears about if the jury hadn't believed me. What if she got out and tried to hurt me again? Or what if she tried to hurt my sister? I didn't kill anyone, and I didn't try to kill myself. I would never leave my sister or Matt. I just don't understand how you can say you love someone and in the next breath try to kill them. I wish she had told me what was going on. She was my best friend, and she took that all away just because she got scared. Well, I was scared, too, when I was in the hospital all by myself, and I wanted my mom. But she was the one that did this. Man. Oh, my God. That is so rough. Yeah, that's a hard one. I know. I'm sorry. I I contemplated playing that. I didn't want to play it, but I feel like it it shows so much. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, ultimately, like, we tell these stories and... And we we get into things right, but we also talk so much about the people who are affected by the hands of you know what happens right and 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 Ashley and Bree, those two went through so much, and mm-hmm. hearing her, I think is really important because she she went through it all, and not only yeah. did she go through it, she her mom tried to make her tried to have her be a third victim and it didn't happen yeah well and when i think about like victims in this case right like obviously like michael and and um and david are the two biggest victims in all this of course but then i immediately think of ashley Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. right where it's like it's you go through two very dramatic situations and then the third third one is them trying is is your mom your own mother trying to kill you yourself and try to pin the murder on you and then also the fourth trauma is your mother being shipped away Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden you're like a pseudo orphan in some way you know and it's like you're on your own like that is 
like such a rough way to wake up. Like I simply couldn't imagine the trust issues alone. Oh my god! You know, let alone right. the, the, the everything, all the other traumatic, you know, mental things you must have going on as a result right. of all this. Before I touch just a little bit more on Ashley and Bree, Heather has one more thing for you. Uh-oh. Oh, it's not over, Liam. It's, it's, oh dear lord it's jesus christ not over okay <laughs> i'm not well so <laughs> your jaw is about to drop all of that craziness and we are about to get even crazier so we told you right that we were we put on our liam hats this is head scratching this is head scratching true crime and um uh, you know we we're delivering on that so one final kind of twist as it were to the story Later on, as they, you know, continued to look into Stacy, continued to look into their life, they came to a conclusion that it is a possibility that Stacy might have even killed her own father. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So her dad was in the hospital for lung issues. Okay. He was on the mend. It was, he was on the up and up. Things were, things were looking better. And one day before he was actually going to be released from the hospital, Stacy went to visit him and she brought him soda. Okay. The next day, her dad dies in the hospital. Oh, God. And people were very confused because he was, doing well. He was on the mend. He was getting better. He was about to be released. But instead, he passes away. And I will give you one guess as to who collected his life insurance. Jesus Christ, this woman. (laughs) Crazy, (laughs) right? Crazy. And the craziest part is um, that I read somewhere that it was actually um, Michael's family who suspected that she did that yeah and and i was only i only found that in one source so like you know of course we'll like put all our sources and we like to like you know but well it would make sense i want to say it would make sense too because so michael was 2000 her dad so jerry daniels he was 2002 Mm -hmm. so that was closer Mm -hmm. i mean that was right before she ended up getting with david caster which was 2003 not murdered until 2005 so the fact that it went michael wallace in 2000 Mm -hmm. her her father possibly in 2002 Mm -hmm. david caster in 2005 Mm -hmm. Her trying to murder her own freaking daughter mm-hmm. in 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like all of this. Yeah. yeah. Listen, if you're capable of of one, you're capable of all of them mm-hmm. as far as I'm you're concerned. Right. Like you're not right. so that's enough to like put someone away for it, but it definitely is enough to, I think, probably safely point the finger oh, yeah, for right, sure. at the very least for us to safely be on this podcast saying she probably yeah. did it right like that's that's kind of that's that's where my right like i like again like not to like accuse someone without without having them be fully convicted but like again like if you're capable of one you're capable of all of these things like you're capable of evil if you're capable of evil, yeah you know? well and 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 to to on top of that like the pattern of the financial gain after right. the fact like right. i'm getting the life insurance like that mm-hmm. just makes mm-hmm. it all the more like yeah whew. oh man okay so we promise that's the last that's the last bomb. 
We're oh god i don't think i can handle another one thank god you guys this story this case all of this is just it's a lot right and you know i always i want to be sure to give all of our thoughts and positive light and energy to brie and ashley they went through things that no one ever should have to and and they lost a lot yeah. along the way yeah. Mm. My only hopes are that they are doing their best in living life the way that they deserve, but we're not given for way too long. So, you know, after her mother's trial, Stacey's daughter, Ashley, she, she said this quote in an interview and, and Liam, if you, if you would please read this quote from Ashley for us, please. Oh, gladly. Um, I listen, the emotions are high at this point, so hopefully I'm going to be able to get through this one. But it says, quote, I hope somebody hurts her in the way that she hurt me. I hope she never gets to have her freedom ever again. For some reason, God kept me on this planet. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm sure I'll find out. I think part of it was to bring justice to David, my dad, and myself. End quote. And I have full body shivers. Like, that's right, Ashley. Like, you're a freaking survivor. You push through. And I cannot forget to shout out Brie being the best little sister to go in and check on her, on -hmm. her older sister. Like, I just, it's so funny because they're both at this point teenagers. I can just imagine Brie going in and, like, not like maybe not expect like I'm guessing well definitely not expecting to see what she saw but like maybe going in to like borrow a shirt do little sister things and then to be thrown into this situation so like shout out to you too Brie little sisters unite but like Ashley is a freaking survivor she's a freaking survivor and exactly what she said she did she did without her there would not be justice for David for her dad and for herself. Yep. She did the damn right. thing. Yeah, yep. she sure did. Yes. She sure did. She absolutely did. And I and I yeah. and I want to leave you guys today with with some recents on them, right? And and it's not the most recent because you know, hopefully they're just trying to live their lives. But mm-hmm. both girls in 2022 were doing their best living their life. Get it. Moving forward, Do doing it. their things, right? Ashley, she was engaged with a fur baby. Yes, get it? Yes, she was. Yes, you get that fur baby. <laughs> and 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 Brie was taking care of her children. Love it. She was a mommy. And I truly, I truly wish nothing but the best for them moving oh, forward. Man. I mean, they have earned oh, that. Oh, for sure. Right? Absolutely. At least. Yep. Yeah. Man, I mean, yes. how do you live your life? Yeah, you pour all of the love and and just everything that you and glasses, and glasses of wine. Of wine. Yeah. Yes, yeah. for sure, for sure. Love and wine, yeah. but that you know what, Liam? That is what we have for you oh, in the Crown Vineyard today. Oh, yes, that's it. <laughs> Listen, y'all, that was wild. Thank you so much for bringing that here, right? Because, like, we, like, you know, talk all the time about these kind of cases that just need to, you know, really be focused in on the people who are left behind of these horrible situations. And Brie and Ashley seem like, you know, the best example of that that we've ever talked about in this podcast. 
So, man, I mean, th- thank you both so much for doing that. Because, I mean, you guys did such a great job of, of telling that story and, and going through it and parsing it through. Man, 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 what a ride, huh? Yeah, yeah. it really was. It really was. The crazy thing is, like, I know this case. Rachel has told me this case before. And I'm still like, it still hits just sure. as hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, um, thank you both so much for coming on um, to tell that story. It's been such a pleasure. Um, and I also have to say, this is the, like, I'm getting a little sappy here for mm-hmm. a second, if you don't mind. Um, but this is the last um, episode of 2023 for this, um, for, for Crime oh. Over Wine, um, which I think is really special for the for you guys to come on. Um, oh. And I just have to say, thank you both so much, you know, for, for coming on, but also for just, like, you know, making, for really, like, you know, bookmarking 2023 for Crime Over Wine, because um, we met pretty early on in 2023 and you guys have been you know such a huge part of crime over wine for throughout the year um and just have to say thank you for that so much um but for our listeners who again are living under a rock don't know rachel and heather um tell everyone where they can find y'all online and and when you drive guys drop um episodes and all that stuff well first i want to say so first of all thank you for having us not only once not only twice, not only but twice. Three, <laughs> three times. Yeah, yeah. So I will say that that our goal in 2024, baby, is to be on here four times. <laughs> Bring us back four times. Yes. So that's what I want to start with. That is my goal. That is the like mother, like murder goal Good. of 2024. But yeah, so you guys, if you guys want to come and check us out, we are your like mother, like murder mommies, okay? Rachel and Heather, we, you can find us anywhere you guys get your podcast at like mother, like murder. We are on social, different socials, Instagram, TikTok at like underscore mother underscore like underscore murder (laughs) i swear we need to change that it is ridiculous um and then on facebook at like mother like murder because that's easier uh so go there Um, the rest is so hard but you guys can find us there and we're here for you guys and we love liam and we love crime over wine and we love being a part of the crime vineyard not only as you know, guests. The honorary president and vice president. Love it. Right. Correct. Not only as that, but as, as true fans oh, of, sure. you know, mm. his work and what he does here every single day and every single week. So we truly enjoy it. Heather, yeah. go ahead. Go on, I was girl. just going to say the last thing I'll say is like, definitely come over. If you love Liam, come over to like Mother Like Murder because I swear we talk about him every episode. Uh-huh. I'm not even joking. <laughs> we talk about how amazing Liam is every episode. And honestly, our podcasting journey would not be the same without you. So oh, we love well, you. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. 2023 has been great because of y'all. <laughs> so love that for you guys. Um, well, again, so new episodes of Like and Luther Like Murder every Tuesday. Um, and thank you both so much again for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Love you both so much. And thank you all so much for listening. Also, we are going to put all of our sources on our website so you can read everything for yourself and probably come up with a few theories too. And if you are just loving this podcast and you're just looking for a way to tell everyone and anyone about it, the best way to help people discover this podcast is by leaving us a five-star rating and a review wherever you are listening right now. So happy new year to you all. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're wondering what we have in store for you next week, here's a quick sneak peek. Hello, everybody. It's Liam. And I'm Liam's mom. 
Next week, I am finally joining the Crime Vineyard to talk about an infamous case that changed the way over-the-counter drugs are sold. Who really is the Tylenol killer? We will tell you that, or maybe we won't, next Wine Wednesday on another episode of Crime Over Wine. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.